0: Well, hello, everybody, and welcome to Conviction, a podcast where we have conversations about faith, following Jesus, church, and life in general. If we have not met before, my name is Caleb.
1: And my name is Parker.
0: And today we are kicking off the show by asking the question, how do we avoid creating church in a box? See, si, senor. How do we stop having church, just feel like we got it out of a box, set it up, and we're making it see what could happen and all that stuff. That's a bad sentence. But Parker, <laughs> you're the one that came up with this idea or brought this idea to the forefront. Do you got any opening thoughts for us, that sort of a thing?
1: Yeah, no. Well, so... Um where the question kind of came from is just, um, I suppose it kind of started, um, a long while ago, this thought process with, uh, with a conversation I had with, a, um, a gentleman, a, a mentor that uh, I had in the past. And, um, one of the things he was saying, and this is kind of unrelated, but I'll make it make sense. Uh, he was saying that for him himself, he doesn't, um, he doesn't sing in church because um he had read this study or something like that that was comparing um the feelings that people report um and i i I don't i can't cite anything so just bear that in mind this is just something i heard from somebody else so but but it started a thought process but basically the study was like comparing the feelings that people were reporting after a church service, a given average church service, and then comparing those same feelings to a concert with uh, a very similar format where like you would start it off with like, you know, an upbeat song and then you'd go more intimate and, and slow and, you know, um, and basically kind of follow the same template and then there'd be like a motivational speaker in the middle and then you'd end with music again and people would report the same thing. And, uh, the, uh, my, my mentor, he would, he was saying that it kind of scared him. And so for now, like at the time he was just like feeling like he should not sing and just quietly worship at the moment. And that's a personal conviction. I don't necessarily think I agree with him. Um, but, It started off this train of thought of it's kind of crazy that under certain standards and certain benchmarks, there's a lot of things in church that have the potential to feel manufactured. Oh, yeah. And have the potential to um, uh, be created or man-made, I guess you could say. Um, when, I mean, at the end of the day, we want it all to be worshiping God and we all want it to be glorifying God. Um, and so, um, I guess the question is like, how do we keep our churches being from churches in a box or, or being like cookie cutter and, and manufactured, I guess you could say it's, it's really just a, how do we, or I guess it's how do we avoid that? But it's also, what is the balance of. How do we find that balance of we just need to get stuff done Mm -hmm. this certain week and here's how we're gonna do it and like that's one extreme of like we're just gonna do everything and we're gonna do you know say all the right things we're supposed to say and sing all the right songs we're supposed to sing and everything will be good. Um, That's one extreme and then the other extreme is like oh God will lead everything which I think that in certain ways can, that definitely can happen in a good way. But um, obviously there, I think there are just some decisions that are just, I I don't know if God really cares about. So I think there's like, uh, I think there's a happy medium. And so the question is kind of just how do we find that? um, And how do we avoid um, the scenario where we're um, just doing what we think is supposed to be done?
0: Totally. Yeah. I mean, I think I think there's like a twofold thing. I mean, one thing I'll say, like with your, with your mentor and their feeling towards that study and that sort of a thing. I mean, that's definitely a real reality that can happen for people. Mm-hmm. Now, thing you know, I would say, what came first, like the chicken or the egg, is kind of the the yeah. idea there a little bit. Which one was the genuine, and which one then was the knockoff? Right. Um, for me, I would say we all have a longing to worship and to bring praise to something that does not mean that every concert someone then goes to, they are worshiping that person or they're worshiping some ideal, but there is a reality that like there, I think there is something about us that wants to be in unison with people. And there's a moment of unity Mm -hmm. at a concert, right? And you have this moment where you all have a like mindedness of like, we want to enjoy this. We've all came to be here. Right. So there's going to be an amount of, uh, I guess catharsis that happens with that where emotionally you're like, this is so great or so freeing and all of those things yet that shouldn't make us fear the reality that that's still a beneficial thing when, and it can be a more lasting thing when that is based around our faith in the Lord and having those moments. Mm -hmm. Now when it comes to the manufactured realities of church and things like that, I mean, even when you bring it down to preaching uh, you know, I've had, services where I've thought, you know, if I go to this spot within the message, I probably can very much so garner a reaction to it. Sure. Um, you know, if you're somebody who is typically pretty even keel and you end up yelling during your message, people are going to lean in a little bit and be like this must really matter. Or like you end up being emotional or things like that. It's not to say when people are emotional or they have reactions, they're always, they're faking it, but there's a reality. You could look at it and say, I can,
1: Right. There's certain communicative devices that you can employ.
0: There would be fruit from it. that sort of a thing. You know, it's kind of like, but also though, that's also just being a good communicator, which preaching is communication. So like if you're reading a story from the Bible and you're starting to get a little bit quieter and you're starting to lean in and you're starting to talk about this thing, but then this happened, it makes it where people are going to react and they're going to lean in. It's not that you're trying to look and say, Oh, I'm putting on a show for you. It's, we're using a logical, ta- like a logical uh, pathway, to be able to present what it is right. that is the gospel, right? All those things
1: you're taking them all along your thought process. Yeah,
0: Jesus taught in parables. What were the parables for? To make you lean in. Right. Why did Jesus use story to make you lean in? Why does he gather the people around and have these moments and all this stuff? It's for a purpose and for a reason. Now, even when you look at Paul, he has numerous moments, but. When it comes to the church feeling manufactured, now this is something that I just think is becoming more and more of a problem. Now this is not to be a knock on people that participate within this segment of the church world, although maybe it's, I guess, an honest critique of it. But I do think there's a part of us that has started to manufacture or have started to just look and just say like, what are the best methods? Let's just do that, mm-hmm. and that is all this is about. Yeah. Um. I think one of the beauties of scripture is that you end up looking at, you know, let's say the gospels um, you look at the synoptics, Matthew, Mark, and Luke, and you see a very great truth conveyed, but then you look at John, you see that similar truth, that same truth conveyed, but also you have nuances to it that are really beautiful. You look at James and what he writes about faith, and there's great things to learn there. And you look at Paul and Paul has great things to learn there. There's nuance to it though. And that sort of a thing. And so when you go to a church, I think there should be obviously a commonality of like, somebody should walk in and say, this, this makes sense. This looks like a church, or at least there's a feeling of this is church, that sort of a thing. Um, But it doesn't mean that they walk in and they have to say, it looks exactly like that church. Mm -hmm. But if you sat down and you said, we really value this, you would say they obviously value the same thing. Now you have churches though, and you have church movements and you have church groups who have looked and they have said, if you want to be successful, you must do this. A lot of it is like transfer growth things of like, if you can get this many Christians to come to your church for this lawn, then you will end up being able to stay alive as a church for this lawn. And now if you do this social service, you will reach this many more people. And, but don't talk about this because these people won't then like that and all this stuff. And it has come down to a method. Uh, the thing that scared me the most a little bit within church has been listening to some things where people will talk about churches making most of their decisions based off of statistics for regions. Now, that's fine because I get there's wisdom in understanding the region, the area you're ministering to. That's totally makes sense. But there's like some churches who literally when you look at like where they've started churches or things like that, they're going to places not that necessarily have need, but that they know there is a percentage base they can expect to attend. Goodness. And so like- Picking where you're going to put your McDonald's. Yeah. So like, again, Goodness. in some ways, it in some ways somebody would say, well, no, that makes sense. You want to make sure that it could like do well. It's like, that's totally true. For the true, most people. But you're doing it with, possibly with contentment in mind of saying, we're going to reach the same people in the same place. And then guess what? Do we need to grow even? Not necessarily because we already have our base. We've already reached our quota that we had to do so that we would have these people represented, right? right. Um, that's my issue, honestly, in some ways, like, you know, you have organizations like, I mean, all like you have organizations organization like ARC and things like that where... You know, Are they planting some churches that seem to be doing good things? seems like it. They also do have some shady stuff that's happened, but also you end up looking at other things and it's kind of like, hey, I don't know if long-term this is what's healthy for the church. Just to say we have to have a set method or model or that sort of a thing. Um, when you end up looking at, yeah, whole hostings. Also, it's kind of funny. I'll just throw this out there as a thought. Really, it's Protestants just returning to being Catholics. Just like if we want to like... Whenever you have like church in a box, it's like, well, what is going on? It's literally just like, oh, you're just starting a new parish. That's all you're doing. Like, so you have a bunch of Protestants that said, we want uniqueness, but you didn't want uniqueness. Now you're just trying to go back to being the same, but you just don't want common governance. Not to say the Catholic church has all their stuff figured out because they don't. Um, But none of us do. Now, the last thing I'll say, maybe this is a, a way to have us think more through it. I don't know if like, like, okay within different like cultures and groups and things like that, you have like these common experiences. So like, I think for you and I, if I was to talk to you about like grandma's house, I bet you there's some like commonalities. Both of us could be like, Oh yeah. Like there's this, or you could expect to see something like this, or you could have this type of a feeling when you go to your grandma's house or that sort of a deal. Um, now that's one thing that's actually endearing. Like you and I could probably sit down. We'd start talking about our grandparents or experiences or things like that, or a lot of people could at least stereotypically. And you would end up having like these like good feelings or good emotions, or you'd have like different things like that. Again, depending on how people were brought up. Now you would not have that same experience talking about your town's local McDonald's. Right. Even though it's the same. In the sense that you could say, oh yeah, you go in and you see the play center. Oh, you see the menu like that. But you're not going to reminisce about McDonald's. Now, you go to McDonald's, McDonald's is probably servicing you in ways. The church should not strive to be similar like McDonald's. In some ways, we should strive to be similar like a grandma and grandpa's house. Where you look and you say, there's something about this. And again, it's a flawed example, maybe for some of you that haven't had that kind of family experience. But... That that nuance matters in the similarities. Does that make sense?
1: Yeah. No, that makes sense. Um, so you're saying that's the feeling that people should have when they walk away?
0: Yeah. Like it should be like when you start to sh- like, it's okay to share about something and say there's similarity. Like to have it where it's like, if somebody's like talking, they're sharing about like the smells of like their grandparents' home or like the ways that things were or stuff like that it's like good to have similarity and it's common experience. And usually that's a good feeling of it, but it's not the same as how a McDonald's is similar, where it's like stale and manufactured. And it's like, you're going there and you're consuming things and you're leaving, but there are things that you receive from your grandparents that are different.
1: Totally. So
0: similar, I like similar conversation you could have. Right. Of your sitting down. Oh yeah, this is similar. This is the same. This is very, oh yeah, I remember having moments like this, that sort of a deal. You could share memories about a McDonald's that was similar to the other person's hometown, mm-hmm. but it's not the same as their grandparents.
1: Right. Yeah, no. And I think there is a little bit of a difference between, like, I don't know. It's kind of a fine line where it's kind of the same thing, but not, but like, I mean, you see this between, I mean, a lot of churches in the same denomination or whatever network that like a lot of them will be very similar in a lot of ways. If you're looking at it from a, a checkbox yeah, perspective of like, these are some things about it. This is similar. This is similar. Like you said, but I think that like in terms of each individual church, and I guess it kind of comes back down to, really, it seems to me, it kind of comes back down to heart, honestly, of like how they do each of those things. Are they just doing it because, and I guess they they might not even be doing it because other churches are necessarily. I mean, some churches could be, but um, it could just be like, well, this is just what churches are supposed to do. Mm-hmm. So we're going to do it. You know what I mean? Um, so like, um, yeah, I guess it comes down to, honestly, I think it's heart and like, how do you say, I guess the level that they're bringing God into it as well. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, there's certain amount of logistical things that it just doesn't I don't know if it matters as much.
0: Yeah. But and like,
1: go ahead. Sorry. Order
0: does it. Order is not a bad thing. No, it's not a bad thing. It's okay to have. It's just, are you having that order honestly with the purpose of God being glorified in mind? Like right. what is church for Ch- church is full of people who are there for God. Right. And so like, that's even my thing at times. It's like, okay, so when people, like if you're a church that's trying to be like seeker sensitive or friendly or whatever, which I'm not even necessarily saying bad, although although I don't think it's what the primary purpose of church necessarily is supposed to be for. If you are having people show up, what is different about church than any other aspect of their life? Because every other aspect of their life says they are the most important thing. Mm-hmm. There's actually something powerful about showing somebody when they show up in that room, in that building, you are not the most important thing here. Right. We care about you. We love you, Mm. but we are here for the Lord. Yeah. And so like, if you're intent, like even honestly, from my perspective, if you are being intentional, like a serve, like you're uh, making planning centers, you're making service orders, you're making all these different decisions, all that stuff. Right. But you're doing it because you're saying this is going to make it, the best experience for us to make sure we're giving glory to God. Right. That is the moment that I would look at and I would say, that is great.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Now, if you're looking insane, and this is maybe where it's like the McDonald's versus grandma's, like like this is the thing I love about it a little bit, maybe with that analogy and I shouldn't maybe like it as much as I am. <laughs> Again, if you're talking about somebody who has a, a good uh, f- like family background, right? They've benefited from that ability and all that stuff. You go to grandma and grandpa's, you know what? You're really aware it's their house. Mm -hmm. They're going to treat you good. You're going to probably like, I don't know, like for me, I had my my grandma who, uh, my grandma and grandpa who both had MS. My grandma, when I would go over, she'd always have popsicles in the fridge for us. I went to that house. Guess what? I knew it was grandma's house. You know what I did? I respected grandma's house. But you know what I also got? I got a popsicle every time I went over there. Uh, Yeah. And like, there is a moment where it's like, I'm receiving in this, but I am respecting whose house this is. Right. And like, I think, but then like you go to like McDonald's, you walk in, hey, I want my food. Why is it, why is it not getting out fast enough? Like I'm upset because you're not giving me what I paid for. Mm -hmm. When you show up to church, guess what? God probably has a popsicle for you. Right. And he wants to show you some love and he wants to show you care, but you got to remember whose house you're in. Yeah. Yeah. And for us, like when we're making service orders, planning center, all that stuff, we are not like, in my opinion, like we're not trying to keep people in the seats. We're trying to keep God honored. Right. And so like when you're making sure that that work is going there, cause you're saying God on Sunday for that whole, like hour and a half, we want to make sure that you are being glorified. You right. are being honored. And if people are not okay with that, it's not their house.
1: Right. Well, and that was another thing I was thinking about was that like, you can have, like, you can have a service and everything behind it, whatever level of organization it is, um, that has a good heart behind it. Um, you can have that service, and you can still have people that will walk away who didn't come into the situation with the right heart that may walk away being like i don't know how to say it really but like just kind of eh about the service yeah you know what i mean uh and conversely like i think i don't know like i i I, there is this kind of there is that level of everybody also takes responsibility for their own faith too Mm -hmm. and like in my opinion like if you're especially if you're a christian who's been a christian for some time yeah like you should be able to still meet with god no matter the circumstances even if it's a service that you know that the people behind Operating it and carrying it out may may not necessarily have the right heart. You should still be able to meet with God in that scenario. Yeah. Whether or not the worship pastor or whatever is like distracted while singing and thinking about something else, like it doesn't like, you should still be able to meet with God. Um, which, it's kind of brought up another question in my brain. Uh. Cause I believe on a certain level, I, I like obviously I don't think we I, I don't think we can get in the way of God. Mm-hmm. Like if God wants to do something, he's gonna do something. Obviously, yes. and there's nothing we can do about it. However, that happens on our level, maybe we can change that or delay it, or I, I don't know. But like, I don't know. Do you think there's anything we can do that can like? get in the way in a service, like short of just being straight up distracting and like,
0: I don't know. I don't know
1: what I'm asking really.
0: Yeah. I mean, what can we get in the way? I mean, like, so when we look, uh, like revelation talks about how like kind of like loosely refers to us as like priests who are ministering under the Lord. So like when you're ministering under the Lord, like you are, even honestly, when you want to look at old Testament, you could look at like Eli and like all these different priests who did a bad job. Like God was not showing up in the same way as he had been true. And so I would, I like, I genuinely just say like, when you look at churches and things like that, where they are not there to minister unto the Lord, yes, God's omnipresent. Yes. God still can move in the lives of the people there because he loves them. Yes. All those things. But is he there in the way that he maybe fully desires to be. I would say that there is a chance that he's not because are you welcoming him in right. fully? Uh, me and Sierra got to go to a worship night that was, it was just, it was a really cool night uh, back in like February. And it was like it was about a three hour service. There ended up being a message during it. There's altar ministry time, there was worship. They looked and they said, This service tonight. And they kind of set ground rules at the start. And it was with that intent, they said, we do not want distraction. We want, and there was was about 2000 people at this worship night. They said, we do not want distraction and we will ask for order in here. And we're not saying this at all rudely. They said, we have a live stream that's set up just outside of here that anyone is welcome to go out to and be able to see still. And it was a large space. Like it was a very accommodating area, but they said, but we wanna make sure that everyone can just focus on what God has tonight. And so they said, they were like, if you're somebody and you brought a child tonight, and if your child ends up getting where they're not, they didn't have childcare or anything for it. They just said, if your child's getting to a spot where they're not able to really participate any longer, and you wanna step out there, we just ask that you do. And they're like, and we're not saying that to shame you. Like, we're so glad your kids are here and they're in the presence of God. But they said, but we want there to be distraction freeness. Right. Uh, they looked and they said, you know, if you uh, get a phone call and you have to take it, we ask you don't answer it until you're outside the doors because mm-hmm. we don't want distraction. And they went over a host of things that they were talking through. And you know what? It felt weird because it was like, wait, you're going to give us rules to how this service needs to look? These are things we never talk about. But like it was one of the sweetest evenings. Mm-hmm. Like in sweet, not like like cool. Like It was just like a sweet, tender moment Right. of just being like, we are all here with a similar purpose. We all walked in with different thoughts and th- things and all of that. But God showed up in a way that I will say, I don't know if I've been in a service since that he is was so present in. Mm-hmm. But you know what? Every person in that room was basically told, be ready right now. Mm-hmm. And they were. And there was a response from the Lord in that. Right, And so again, does God want to move? But also like, I think God will just like, he'll be respectful to us. Now, could he do a Paul moment and knock him off, knock us off sure. our donkeys sure. and have us have to respond totally. Mm-hmm. There was only like one Paul moment though. <laughs> you know, like it's not the commonality, right. you know, you look it's at not the
1: common experience.
0: You look at Saul. Saul starts to take his eye off of God in the old Testament and the anointing leaves him. The spirit leaves him. Hmm. Well, God wanted to see things happen. Well, what'd he do then? He went and found a willing participant in David. Hmm. David had problems, but when he was corrected, he put his eyes back on God and God was back with him. So I just think some of those things are what I would say. Yeah. Like, yes, God wants to move. I think a hundred percent there's churches that need to have their, hearts checked probably. Hmm. And for some of them, maybe their expectations, we believe that people can encounter the, the creator of the universe who looked at our problems. He could have hit a hard reset on all of it. He said, no, I'll come and die for them. I'll pay the price for them. I'll rise from the dead, all of these things. And then I'm going to give them the chance to reap all the benefit. That should be a bigger deal for us Even if it's just for once a week for 90 minutes or whatever. Right. But we have so many people that are like, ah, church is kind of like hard to make it to. It's like, well, then your church probably is not doing a good job making it as engaging as it should. Not because it has to entertain you, but because the stakes should be realized. Mm
1: -hmm. Like
0: our worship matters. Our response to the fact that the Bible is the living word of God should matter. You know, like our ability to go help see people saved throughout the week should matter way more than it does. Right. You know, like I still think, I think I maybe mentioned this on a past podcast. Like you want to talk about not being a cookie cutter church. Like, I, like a part of me is like, Hey, when you look in, when you look in the new Testament, what's the response of people when they receive Jesus, they tell people about Jesus. So a part of me wants to be like, pastors should look at their congregations once a year and just be like, Hey, did you guys like tell anyone about Jesus in the last 365 days? If you didn't, Consider where you're at with the Lord in that sort of a thing.
1: Yeah, no, totally. Sorry. Totally got sidetracked in my brain by my baby passing by. His son
0: walked by. Yeah.
1: Well, yeah. his son was We're recording by. at my house today, guys. Pretty wild.
0: But I think those are the things, though, that can help. Like, realize the stakes of what... Like, I've, again, I look at it with like, okay, when you have like a seeker friendly church, right? And that sort of a thing. And maybe when I'm older, I'll think different on this. I honestly kind of hope I don't. Remind me what a seeker friendly church is again. Sorry. Uh, like everything really just is curated around like the non-believer feeling welcome and accepted and being oh, okay. able to like got receive, it. which I don't think's is I don't, like all of those things are not bad, but is the purpose of the You've church. got to finish
1: that, all the rest of
0: what I would prefer what if the people in your church and people would say like, well, this doesn't happen. It's like, maybe that's the problem with like church right now. What if the people in your church were seeing people saved? And then they said, you should come. Like, there's more of us. Come with me on Sunday to that, to the meeting of the more of us who already believe in (coughs) Jesus. And what if then it was just like the people in your church were getting people saved, (laughs) And coming to church and everyone's like encouraged. They're like, there's more of us. This is awesome. Yeah. Does that sound like what the Bible describes? <laughs> yeah. No, totally. Oh man. Anyway, I think we're at a good spot. Yeah, I think so. Well, I would say then, just as our, our kind of summation of it, it's easy for the church to be in a box. Don't be like McDonald's. Be like your grandparents house, <sighs> have it where people are willing to receive and hear and all of that. And, uh, Yeah, make sure your heart's based around what the Lord has. Y'all, we appreciate you guys checking out this episode. Sorry that we had a hiatus for so long. Uh, We'll be trying to get on a more regular schedule. Life has just been happening a lot lately. But with that being said, we always appreciate you guys checking it out. Leave a rating and a review. Message Mm -hmm. us on Instagram at the Caleb and Parker podcast. Mm -hmm. If you guys have any questions or comments and all of that stuff. But we love y'all. Thank you for checking this out. We'll talk to you next time. Thanks. Bye.